Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it's December 12, 2023. We have a wonderful show for you. Right now, let me turn off this music. It's going to be a real pleasure because one of our guests is calling in from Asia, from Singapore. It's really great. And our other two guests are on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. Here in Maine, there's no snow on the ground, so we must have something in common right there. I've got Peter Pacone here, my favorite social studies analyst, if I may, the amazing social studies teacher from San Marino, California. All right, Richard Ritrock is here. I'm going to talk to Richard. Richard is an American educator specializing in the humanities who has taught his international schools, lucky him in Europe and the Middle East and Asia. And he's had, let me just read this. He has experience in American, British, and IB diploma program educational systems, and he is in Singapore. And we've also got with us from Southwest Washington, we can't wait to hear what district it is, is Sherry Condit. Sherry's an award-winning civics teacher, and today we're going to be talking about thoughts on teaching about January 6th and other controversial topics. And I'm an old social studies teacher, emphasis on the old, so you... Uh, you know it's going to be a good show today. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education. And we got all kinds of news over there about our Excellence in Equity Awards. We got our magazine, Equity and Access, over there. And we also have this podcast, all the podcasts we've ever done, plus incredible news about equity in K-12 education right across the board. I'm really looking forward to today's show, so I ask you to please check out everything we do over at ace-ed.org. And with that in mind, let me say good morning to the only guest I know. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm fine, buddy. It's good to have you back here. It's nice to be back. Happy Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Happy Tuesday before the Tuesday before Christmas. So thank you very much. Exactly. Season's greeting, as, I, as they like to say at the Spice Factory, seasonings greetings to you. Get it? Seasoning? Very nice. Yes, sorry. A Got bad it. joke. I won't. There's a long way to go for a bad joke. And we do have something in common. I think I have this in common with all my guests. There is no snow on the ground, even though I live in Maine. So I'm feeling warm when I look out the window. That's all I have to say. Okay? Certainly no snow here. I know that. Are you there, Sherry? I am. Sherry, I'm Larry Jacobs. Call me Larry and welcome to Education Talk Radio. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. That's great. And you are in what what district are you in? I teach in Woodland School District. So small little district. We're between the Columbia River and Mount Saint Helens. So Wow. I flew. I just yeah, saw a, document, a wonderful documentary that talked about the uh, volcanic explosion at Mount St. Helens, and I, I actually, in an air, obviously in a commercial jet, flew over Mount St. Helens about three weeks after it exploded. Wow. You live in yeah, a dangerous a, world. We do. We do. You know, I mean, some people prepare for all sorts of drills. We prepare for a volcano <laughs> eruption drill. Yeah, so. that's, uh, <laughs> that's I suppose you have a lava canoeing team or something, I would imagine. It's a brilliant idea. You could get thank a varsity you. letter in it. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you. Just insulate the canoe is the best I can tell yeah. you. All right. You know, I have a good friend who is the superintendent down in West Valley. Are you familiar with that district at all? Yeah. In Yakima? Near Yakima. Okay, mm-hmm. Peter Finch is yeah. a good buddy of mine. Okay. And, um Yeah, and I thought maybe I thought maybe by chance you were in the same district. But you're not. No. Okay. So we'll, a little further away. Yeah. No, it's okay. You live in a beautiful part of the world. Okay. And actually, you're elevated where you are. Is there snow? So, funny enough, my where my town is, like the actual school is maybe at 50 feet elevation. But my oh, students wow. live upwards of 3,000 feet elevation. So. Yep. So, while we don't get snow down here, upriver, that's what they call it, um, they do have snow. Yeah, my wife got stuck in a uh, in a Washington State blizzard coming back from um, oh, oh the, well, I can't think of it the Apple Capital of Washington State. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she drive, drove home. It was clear weather halfway there up the mountain. She had to turn around to go back. It was a blizzard. Okay, yeah, happens you just never all know the time. You never know. Okay, let's swing over to Singapore. Richard, are you there? Yes, sir. Happy Richard, to be here. Just, 
and I, I, I guarantee you there's no snow in Singapore this week. Uh, not outside malls. <laughs> wow, it's just uh, – what's life in Singapore like? Tell me about this. Go ahead before we get into this. Life in Singapore well, by Richard Whitrock. The first thing to get used to with life in Singapore is that the weather never changes. Wow, it is like about 88 to 90 every day. Wow. High humidity, and it never changes. So it's nowhere near as hot as Houston or Middle East or anywhere else, but it's also there's no seasons. There's rainy and slightly rainier. <laughs> Every day sounds like Florida in the afternoon. And I must ask this question before we move on here. Have you been to the Raffles Hotel? Isn't that in Singapore? It is in Singapore, and uh, yeah, I have uh, been inside the hotel. I've not stayed in the hotel. Um, there's a, and this is surprisingly rare outside of uh, Mexico and Texas and the Southwest. Mexican food is very hard to find, and there is an actual Mexican grocer nearby. So Why I will not? go to get my uh, my grocery fix every once in a while and take Good the opportunity to see the Raffles Hotel. Good for you. And the Raffles is famous. It's, it's always been in the movies where spies hang out in white white jackets and Panama hats. Okay, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, serving the Singapore yeah. sling. Yeah, exactly. And where the, where the, the fans are always rotating. It's, it's, I got a picture in my mind. Okay. And while I envy you, I think a lot of people, teachers envy you when, when, when we talk about you teaching in the Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. I mean, it's just, just fantastic. I congratulate you on that. Well, thank you. We we definitely took a leap, and it's been working out for us so far. Uh, how long have you been doing it now overseas? Uh, eight years. Wow, good. You've been to all those places in eight years. Europe, we have. Um, wow. Europe. So we were in uh, what is now North Macedonia, and at the time they were very insistent it is just Macedonia, and it will never be North Macedonia. Um, <laughs> then we were in Abu Dhabi and. Now we've been to, to Singapore and been to visit all kinds of places ever since. Okay, you want to hear my Abu I'm the only person in the world who has an Abu Dhabi joke. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Sherry, you want to hear my Abu Dhabi joke? I love a good joke. The people of Kuwait never watch the Flintstones, but the people of Abu Dhabi do. Abu Dhabi do? <laughs> Very nice. No, no. Dad jokes are always welcome. The people of Kuwait, the people of Kuwait never watch the Flintstones, but the people of Abu Dhabi do. do. Well, anyway, we'll see what's going on there. That's the only Abu Dhabi joke I know. Okay, so we'll go on from there. (laughs) Anyway, hey, I've got to find my good buddy, Peter. Yes, sir, right here. Yeah, we got controversial topics all over the place. And by the way, I do want to mention something. Peter is a uh, iCivics fellow, and I would be remiss if I did not say that the person who runs iCivics is a good friend of mine and my wife, Louise Dubay, and we lost Sandra Day O'Connor a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. It must have come up a lot in your work with iCivics, right, Peter? You know Louise. Yeah, yeah I didn't know you knew Louise. That's cool. Oh, we know Louise well. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we we yeah. we did lose the justice, but but we also yeah. uh, you know have have uh, Sonia Sotomayor now um, at the helm there, which is really oh, nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's a good group. Very and much the, involved. We, we and Carolyn worked together at, at, GB, at GBH. Oh, okay, and then, I didn't then know Louise that. left there to become the head of the iCivics. Yeah, I did they know not each other know quite well. I yeah, respect her greatly, and uh, yeah, and uh, as you should. I loved working there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I'm glad you're involved in that. And speaking of civics, here we go. January sixth hmm. today is uh, December. That was a good segue. December twelfth, two thousand twenty-three. So we got about three weeks or so until January sixth rolls around, and it is the responsibility of educators to talk about such things. Not, and you can, and that's what I'm going to ask. You know, today's a bipartisan age. People get mad at how you say it and when you say it and how you say it. Peter, I'm going to start with you, and you can even help me co-host uh, co- co- this show. Okay, Peter, December, January 6th, how do you teach it? That's the simplest question. How do you teach 
January 6th, and it is an important day, okay, in, in U.S. history. And then I'm going to ask it the other two. And with, by the way, I have to say, it's going to be very interesting to hear what international students have to think about this and how we approach it with them. But first, Peter, over in San Marino, California. Sure. Um, depend, uh, how I teach it depends on which class I'm teaching in, in history or, or government. But before I go there, you know, you mentioned that it's the responsibility of, of social studies teachers to teach it. And, and yes, I understand that and, and accept that view and respect that view. But I did some straw polling before uh, coming to, to the show here, various Facebook groups I belong to and, and other teacher groups. And um, boy, I'll tell you, it's all over the place. There are, there are uh, probably 30, 40 percent of teachers who say absolutely not the responsibility of teachers to teach it. Way too controversial. Or even if it is our responsibility, we, sh- we should steer clear because there's just no safe place. No matter what you say, you're going to get hammered. Stick with the curriculum. And, of course, most, most of that, whether you're talking history, gov, um, well, history in particular doesn't really go up to, to, to that present. Uh, certainly works better in a government class. But, um, you know, as for me, for some odd reason, right after it happened, um, the, the very next day, I taught it. And, and you know, I, I mean, I brought it in. I said, hey, let's all look at this. You know, did you hear about it? And, and then I, I had developed a lesson plan that, that morning, which was um, we're now going to be stuck having, in a history class, we're going to be stuck having to, to give this thing a name. Um, historians will give it a name. It, was it an insurrection? Was it a rebellion? Should we call it a riot? Uh, was, there was a, a noted individual who right off said, you know, this is the, the start of the, the next American revolution, and, mm-hmm. um, sort of a, 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 re, re, a first battle in a new war of independence. And and so that's what I put before my students on that first day was an opportunity to just look at it, search online a little bit, see what they could find out, and and what do they want to name it, or what do they think it will be called? And then keep in mind, Larry, in a history class, you know, by that point in January, we've already covered things like Shays' Rebellion and the Whiskey Rebellion, Turner's Rebellion, even Bacon's Rebellion. I mean, those are those are uh, uh, a core to, to to the U.S. history course by that period of time, especially the AP U.S. history course. So, you know, what, why are those things, uh, you know, what, why did those things get called rebellions? And then, you know, why, why is there something called the Greenwood insurrection or the Wilmington insurrection? You know, how, how, why, why do certain things get certain names? I mean, Boston mm. Tea Party, for example. Is that not an insurrection? Is that not a rebellion? Why do we call that a party, right? And, and so, you know, you put that kind of stuff out in front of them. And, uh, you know, John Brown, John Brown was a raid. Uh, why is that not an, either an insurrection or a rebellion or a riot or what are the case you want to call it? So I just put that in front of them and, and, and it was a nice way to, uh, you know, start off the year, um, sort of looking at a current event and then tying it back to things that they had mm-hmm. learned in the class already and making sure that they know those because for the exam, the AP exam, they do need to know those. And in my, my AP gov class, I didn't do anything, um, but then, but then this year, um, for the first time, you know, I just used the power of AI, and I created a, yeah. a presidential par- pardon for uh, for uh, a presidential pardon for for the for the protesters, and I, I asked the students, you know, um, do you uh, do you uh, what do you think if you were the president, would you sign this thing? You know, we're not able to devote immense amounts of class time to this, to this very difficult question, but, you know, a period or so. And, and uh, so they were able to well, great that, frankly, on, on both questions, um, how should it be named and, and should we pardon um, the 40% or so just didn't, didn't want to engage. They just, they just didn't need to have an opinion or they didn't want to engage. You know, I, I give them the permission to I don't know or I decline to answer. So, you know, only about really 60, 60% jumped in. And then this year also, just with the pardon question, I, I finished it off by um, letting them uh, try to respond to that question about the pardon in the form of an essay up on this thing called Class Companion, which we can talk about if you want, but instant feedback. I know you AI, love that. Yeah. feedback on their essay. Yeah. So that's how I did it this year. Yeah. And, you know, you're the, actually, by the way, you're, you're right. I, I did say you have to teach it. Of course, nobody has to teach it. All right, but it is yeah. something that's on everybody's mind, and we don't avoid it in other areas, and I think we don't have to avoid, avoid it in this. And your way of explaining that, just by the, asking the question, what do we call it, and going through the little bit of history. Okay, the Shays Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion, you can go right down the list, the Wilmington Rebellion, etc. John Brown. Okay, you start to put it into a perspective. 
but if these things have happened before, which a lot of people don't realize or put it together, okay, it's it's that and that alone, okay, is a great way to approach this. I'll, I'll go ladies first, if I may, Sherry, or ladies second, I should say now, Sherry Condit. Okay, what are your thoughts on it? Ladies right. second, that's one of the things we. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that feel like it's been the historical trend? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know where this. I don't know where this women and children first thing happened. I've been studying the Titanic know, trying right. to figure that out. It just doesn't seem right. Fair enough. Reason, but, Fair but enough. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I I would say I'll add on to some things that Peter said. So first of all, language is a minefield, right? So the words that we use with our students in anytime we're just haven't learned that anything. this week with the three university right. presidents. Okay, you haven't learned right, anything. Right. But go ahead, yeah. Right. Like yeah. you know, and language it's, is a it's the things that you don't think people are gonna jump on, right? The words that you use, oftentimes, you know, they truly are reflective of our own thinking and and while it sure to us that makes sense. Um, to others, you know, especially if you're seeking negative intentions, um, we have to be really thoughtful. Uh, so when I teach January 6th, uh, and I'll back up to say where I was on January 6th, I was teaching kids live. Um, and when I say live, uh, we were hybrid. Uh, or I'm sorry, no, we were all virtual at that time. Um, oh, wow. And I, right. Yeah, yeah. So I had my students in a virtual setting. Um, we were watching C-SPAN. We were watching the vote count. And I think people forget that's the point <laughs> of January 6th. Like, they were counting the votes that day. Um, yep. And so what was interesting is we were supposed to have an elector zoom into our classroom to talk about what it was like to be an elector. Wow. And so um, as a result, I wanted them to watch the vote count. So we're literally getting ready to watch this process where all eyes are on C-SPAN. And then this thing unfolds. And, um, you know, I've, I've been teaching, whoo, this is year 24. So I'm old enough to remember being in the classroom live when 9-11 happened. And in yeah. some weird way, it was kind of the same feeling, which is when students mm-hmm. are looking at you, in this case virtually, um, and wanting to know what's going on. And I don't have the wisdom to be able to explain or the word choice to be able to explain in the moment what is going on. And so – we just purely live in the world of observation at that point in time. Um, because otherwise I'm going to get myself in trouble with words that I'm using because my political right. perspective might bubble up. Um, so how do I teach it now? I teach it in context. So, for example, when I'm teaching World War II, I teach Pearl Harbor in the context of uh, Pearl Harbor Day in the context of World War II. I'm teaching January 6th actually much the same way. Um, my plan is to teach it tomorrow. Um, in my AP government class, we're going through the electoral cycle. Uh, we'll be going through the electoral college today. Tomorrow, we'll deal with the electoral count um, and then eventually the inauguration. And so we'll have a discussion about the fact that this event occurred in 2021 at the time of the reading of the ballots. Um, so that's my intent. It isn't necessarily to carve out even uh, additional attention on January 6th. Um, because I think it's important. Wait, that they I, see let me let me ask you this: when, when you bring up yeah. January sixth to, to your students who are high school yeah. kids, okay, what what's their reaction? Do they shrug it off, say, "Oh yeah, January sixth," or do they understand that it might be an extremely important thing in their lifetime? Do they get the perspective I, in their lifetime? I don't know. I think, and I, this is not to denigrate by any means. I think. I think a lot of young people having a, have a hard time of knowing what's a significant event or not. Of course. Um, because it, they are living through history and they're living through a lot of significant events. And I think they get tired of hearing this is a significant event, right? COVID is a significant event. <laughs> um, invasion of Ukraine is a significant event. Like, you know, what's happening um, in Israel with Moss is a significant event. And so this is like they're living in unprecedented times. And my kids will tell you, I'm tired of living in unprecedented times. I don't blame um, them. So, it feels so like, am I, by the way. Like everything is yeah. precedented. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so when it comes to January 6th, I'm not so sure that it has as much of an impact on them because they don't have the perspective yet to know what we know at our ages to see, wow, this is unusual. I'm not sure that they know what norms are, what, what's usual yet. Um, and so it becomes our responsibility to set the standard to say this is what typically happens. This is yeah. I, I th- that's the question. Do you want it? Do you want them to feel like there should be a big impact on it? Or I want them to see that this is abnormal. 
Um, I think it's important that they acknowledge that. Um, You know, when we watched the 2020 debates, and I I had them do it virtually, you know, we we Zoomed in together as a class, and we're watching this. And after after one of the debates, I had the students kind of come together and said, okay, well, what are your thoughts? They didn't realize that the barbing at each other and sort of the – um, the tenure of the behavior of both of the candidates in the 2020, one of the 2020 debates was so abnormal. That's and right. it occurred to me, like, why don't they see it? Why don't they understand it? And I realized they don't have a reference point. So That's we literally right. had to go back and show them 1960 right. to see what Kennedy and Nixon's debate are like, where they're complimenting each other throughout the event, entire event. Um, yeah. Or 1992. Well, like, they don't have that sense. So I think that we have to to get them to a point where they realize that this was an abnormal event. And the only way you can do that and be thoughtful about language choice is to literally turn them over to the primary sources themselves so that I'm not the facilitator of that information. I'm not the person telling them this is it. They have to discover it themselves. But you have to give them the tools to do that. Yeah, and by the way, is it a rebellion, an insurrection, a party? Yes. That's a good question. Yeah, so, um, great question, like Peter, yeah. we've already, yeah, it is. Uh, we've already looked at all those words, and so you know, I just like Peter, my kids are having the same conversations about like, what is a massacre? The Boston massacre is it a massacre? What makes a rebellion? How do you know what a rebellion is? How do you know what an insurrection is? So, to be fair, I'm not sure that we have a working definition as a class because yeah. it still comes with perspective. And um, I encourage the kids to create their own definitions throughout the course of the two years. I generally loop with my students um, from junior year into senior year. So they may have a working definition that might differ from mine, but we've had conversations about what these things look like. And I allow them to live in the perspective of the language choice they're choosing, as long as they can define it and clearly evidence why it is to them this word choice, insurrection, rebellion. Um, and, so does and, that make sense? And okay. I, I love the way you 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 were all going to hear from Richard in a second, but I, I I love the way you know we we have to be very careful not to bring our own politics into it, okay? Or or maybe the other way to say it is to say what your politics are, so the kids understand where you're where you're coming from, okay? That you are a human being with political choices as well. It's it's an interesting question right there, Sherry. That was great. Thank you. Even better than what Peter did. Okay, so you get an A, Peter gets a B plus. Okay, oh, right. no. and yeah. now Richard, I'm going to go right. down even there, further. Well, no, no, there is an A plus available. There is an A plus available. Okay, so <laughs> Richard from Singapore. God, sounds like you're right next door to me. The miracles of communication. Singapore. What time? Is, yeah. Wait, what time is it in Singapore? What day is it? Uh, it's coming up on midnight. We're 14 hours ahead of central time zone. You're 14 hours, so you would be, i got to do the math, so you would be 13 hours ahead of me. So it's, it's six minutes of midnight. Yep. On Tuesday. Yeah. It'll soon be Wednesday. Thankfully, uh, I'm an insomniac, so this is really not that bad. Well, and I was just going to say thank you for being up so late. I appreciate it. Okay, because it's really early, well, early really in the morning the where our other guests are. I don't know how this happened. That it must be something to do with an international dateline or something I've heard about. Okay, has to stop and well, end somewhere. I will tell you that, uh, yeah, the uh, daylight savings because not everywhere observes it oh, yeah. does complicate yeah. matters often. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. But uh, happy midnight and uh, good luck with all that today. I got to ask you, Richard. What you know? I, I, are you teaching American kids or are you teaching uh, students from Singapore? Who are you teaching? Uh, it's both. Um, although actually, having students from Singapore in international schools is actually very rare. Um, for Singapore, uh, they if you hold a Singapore passport, it's actually very difficult to get approval to go to an international school instead of a local mm. school. So most of the international students here are at least dual uh, uh, dual citizenship if they're Singaporean. Um, but it's still very rare. Um, that being said, international schools, as you can imagine, have students from all over. Um, the same was true in, in the Middle East. Same was true in Europe. Um, you know, some of it is when you get large numbers of people who work in international jobs in general, whether it's ExxonMobil or any other corporation, you know, they, 
to attract people to move their families to another country. They have to be able to, well, you know, this post is only a four year, your job. So they need to have an education. They can go back That's to right. the U S and That's right. pick up where they left off. Um, but I, you know, you say the, but, but, no, I, but, but let me just continue I'm, on that of your, of your class. Okay. Uh, this is important in light of the conversation on January 6th. How many kids are American? Uh, I don't know how many kids are in a class, but how many kids are you teaching that are American and how many kids from other nationalities? Because everybody's got to look at this differently, I would think. Yeah, and different schools are going to have different amounts. Singapore is a huge city. Uh, it's very different than Skopje, which uh, is not nearly as large. Um, but about 10% of my students now are either American or dual citizenship American and. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so they, they are American. And then, so about 90% of your students are from other countries, other nationalities, correct? Yes. Okay. Although the, so the now, funny thing I find about that, yeah. by the way, is that they all have American accents. Every <laughs> one of them. They all watch TV. Are you kidding me? That's why. Yeah. Exactly. I have yeah. students cause it's mostly a British school that I'm at right now. I have students whose parents have thick Cockney accents, and their kids sound like they're from Alabama. <laughs> Are you teaching at Hogwarts by any chance? Let me ask that question. Get that out of the way. No, not quite Hogwarts. No, okay. Okay, good. Good. So, so, so the, there's no Quidditch team, and we'll, we won't get into that right now. So now, January 6th, do kids from other countries even care about it? Does Very, anybody care about much. it in Singapore? Yeah, let's hear about it. Uh, what are they, what's their reaction? Absolutely. You'll love this, Sherry. So, I mean, you Peter, have to remember, not class, just because... You can go into this with them. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's not just because the U.S. has a leadership role, um, which it, it very much does, um, but it's also because so much of the media that they consume is U.S.-centric. I mean, it's kind of a legacy of Hollywood. It's kind of a legacy of networks. And yeah. that's, you know, YouTube is American-owned, and... You, you put the, the trifecta together of all the things they look at, and it's very America-centric. So aside from the fact that what happens in America is very uh, effective of what happens in their home countries, um, it's very much personally effective because it's so much of what they see. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Keep going. Um, you know, you mentioned that A-plus was available. I don't think I'm going to get it. I mean, aside from the fact that <laughs> so you uh, tough competition. Uh, Peter you tough is, competition. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually I disagree uh, with uh, quite a bit of uh, the conclusion. I'm, I'm happy to take uh, devil's advocate side on this one, um, and it's mostly because of that international experience. Um, the the catalyst for me, uh, my first international experience. I'm from Houston, and I was abroad when Harvey hit. You're from Houston? Yes. Sorry, I am Texas, from Houston. But let's there move for 36 on. Okay. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Well, I was there when Harvey hit, and it's strangely emotional to be away. The floods. Yeah, to to watch so much of what you know and so much of your past be affected so strongly. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's near impossible not to let that show. You know, they may not know why you're feeling or the depth that you're feeling, but they can see it. You know, they can see that it's, it's hard on you. To, to experience that and you know being an american abroad and watching january 6th that was hard it was emotional and i don't necessarily think that's entirely something we should fully avoid i, I very much hear and understand um you know i mentioned that i'm from houston i actually taught in hisd and so looking at what's happening huh. in hisd and the idea of you know you really don't want to shake too many trees there, very much understood, right? But the best teacher I ever had in my life was my AP government teacher in high school. Um, and he had a policy. He had no problem talking about his own political uh, orientation, but it was a very specific way. At no point would he ever brook disrespect for somebody else's political opinion. Hard he to was, do. You know, he was it's very much do. of the, the opinion that <clears throat> you should be respectful and that if we hide it, we teach that politics is something to be ashamed of. 
or something that you can't discuss. And so a lot of the things that we need to talk about and learn and you know, make important decisions about get hidden. And he very much believed that that wasn't necessary, that it was more important to teach mutual respect than it was to hide. Um, and mm-hmm. that's been very influential to me. I, I don't disagree at all with the idea that, you know, you run risks when you do that. And for some teachers and in some districts, those are real risks. They're real risks. Uh, and absolutely. in other ones, yeah. And in other places, there, there are risks of, oh, well, this student won't listen anymore because he disagrees with me and he's, I've lost him as a, a student. But there's also a flip side to that. You know, children can tell when you're honest. They can tell huh. when you're hiding things. They know it. They don't always know what you're hiding, but they can tell. And sometimes that distance is absolutely necessary, and sometimes that, that distance creates barriers. And sometimes you can convince students to care about something, to care about learning by bridging that small bit of gap and letting them see that you're a person. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very much where I come from on that particular uh, subject. So January 6th Larry, comes around. I, what, what, oh, please, Peter, go ahead. Yeah, can I just jump in here? So um, I've Absolutely. known Richard for, 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 for several years now, and um, Richard, you've been A-plus in my book from the very beginning. <laughs> I think you could probably remember why. why and I, and I, if you, I, if, I Richard, that. that's why you don't have Peter as I a do, teacher, because he's prejudiced. He's prejudiced. He's prejudging <laughs> your A-plus, where I am completely but, neutral. You still have a chance of getting but, one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I had a feeling Richard would say something like this, but I didn't ask you, you know, up front whether he was going to. And uh, and so this kind of piggybacks on, on what, what uh, Shari said earlier about words or a minefield. Silence is also a minefield on this yeah. on, on these controversial issues, because I got to tell you, again, with my uh, I, I've observed it. I've, I've been accused of it. Um, and, and certainly there are a fair share number of teachers when I straw poll here for uh, in anticipation of, of appearing on the show today. Um, you know, there there are a fair share a fair share number of teachers who say if you do not share your politics uh, with your students at, at at this point in time, uh, and 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 this is mm-hmm. almost exclusively said by 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 teachers who uh, are, are in opposition to Trump, you know, then then you are basically staying silent in the face of evil is their position, and that's wrong. It's disingenuous, mm. and you should bring forth. And, and so, Richard, I've got you here now. I'm just going to ask you up front. Is, is that, in essence, what you're saying is, is, is that a teacher really at this point, and, and if you do, I mean, I respect the position, but should let them know about how they feel about January 6th? I wouldn't say that's fully my position. Um, actually, a better way to understand my position, have you watched the, uh, the TED Talk with Ken Robinson, uh, where he oh, talks yeah. about education as it was designed by the British uh, who wanted people who could add, subtract, read, and do basic things, and that's all it was designed to do. The um, call for creativity. A lot yes, of what he talks you know. about there, yeah, the, the creativity part. A lot of what he talks about there is that, that there's changing needs in education. And one of the ways that I look at it really has much more to do with, you know, we live in that time of everyone walks around with magic answer boxes. Memorization of facts is not as important as ability to, as to know what to do with those facts and how to use them mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. to, to think with them. And so I think that hiding the politics in some way is essentially saying that all information, uh, no, no matter its quality, no matter its source, all, all information is perfectly equal. And it's, while it is important to avoid uh, offending people, it kind of gives, in some ways, it does give a false uh, legitimization, but more importantly, it doesn't arm them for what they need for the 21st century. It's not Boy, I love that. teaching mm-hmm. them how to deal. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them, yeah. okay, this is what their position is, and this is what's happened, and here are the facts. And then it doesn't give them those skills. It doesn't give them the ability to evaluate and to think beyond, well, this side is saying this thing, this side is saying another. How do I decide between them? And if you present them as both equals so to avoid offending anyone or to avoid making someone angry, yeah, you've absolutely given them the information they need, but have you given them the skills? Have you really thought about the creativity part, but also the skill part, the, the what to do? Or are you kind of 
content with the addition, subtraction, multiplication, reading, just the, the basic parts. We don't need you to think. And I don't think that, that word is what any teacher wants. Sure. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, can we still engage in civil discourse even when, and we can, I mean, can we, like, can our classroom still engage in civil discourse on a variety of political topics even when we don't share our personal political perspectives? Like, can't you still, can you still do that? Uh, I can absolutely say you can, but I can also absolutely say it's gotten a lot harder because for mm -hmm. so long that has been the approach. Like to, to really understand, you know, Peter, you mentioned, you know, this is exclusively coming from you know, people who are very, very anti-Trump. Um, when I was in high school and in middle school even, I walked around carrying Rush Limbaugh books. That was where mm -hmm. I was in <laughs> middle school and high school. That's my background. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not there anymore. But the point is, because I had training specifically with debate, but also with that experience, an adult who said it's okay to think differently and was skilled mm -hmm. at teaching us how to disagree and still be respectful. That's why I say that's so influential to me, because we can do mm -hmm. those things. But that is also mm -hmm. a skill. And if you don't learn skills or don't lose skills, then it's harder to do. I just want to say one thing. And what years were you talking about when you were talking about walking around with uh, Rush Limbaugh books? Rich? Uh, I think I'm the baby in the group. So you, you mentioned <laughs> flying over Mount St. Helens, which was in 1980. <laughs> I was born a few months later. Okay. So oh. I, I have to say, and the reason I'm asking, and, and uh, I, I think Sherry was, when were you born? Or, no, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to answer that. Let me just say, were you born... You're the, I'm naming you the baby of the group, Sherry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in the Carter administration. I'm a Carter administration kid. So. Well, 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 well in high school, I watched the Watergate hearings. So there you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm aging myself here. Uh, I, I flew over Mount St. Helens with the White, Wright brothers. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Larry, can I, I ask you a question? Who, me? Yes, sure. sir. Sure. When you, uh, you were a social studies teacher, did you yeah. ever share your politics on any subject, your, your, your stance on any political issue? When, when I was teaching, which was back in the, uh, uh, the 70s, okay, when I was teaching, okay, politics, it, and I know you're not going to believe this, it rare, rarely came up. And even when we were talking about Watergate and all that, there was no, um, there was no bipartisan problem. And there was no partisanship. Okay, we mm -hmm. all just listened to each other and talked because the, the, um, the, the parties were much more reasonable back then. And I'll tell you how I know that. I just did a show earlier this morning. And uh, all my life, I thought Jacob Javits was a Democrat, and I found out today he was a Republican, okay? Mm. And he was one of the more liberal senators there was. So it was a different time and a different era back then. And uh, I don't know if the kids guessed my politics, but that kind of thing never came up anywhere. It just didn't exist. That's if a long time ago. If you were teaching ago. today, would you have shared your views on the, yeah. the impeachment? Or you would yes, have? I would. I would because it gives the kids a perspective Okay, of where it's coming from, because kids have to under students have to understand this. Uh, teachers are not the font of knowledge. Okay, we have other reason to be there, but it's not just to give our opinion on stuff. Okay, we have to teach them the skill. You said it a minute ago. We teach them the skills they need and let them and give them the skills to interpret the to interpret the information we're giving them. Okay, so I think it's very important, in my opinion, to let kids know at least how you feel, not picking on the other side, but just saying your side. That's what I feel. And if I could follow that up, I'm just curious, Sherry, Richard, sure. on the impeachment. And, and I'll, you know, I'll, I did mm -hmm. not. I mean, um, the only – my superintendent is my mentor, and the only issue, former superintendent, uh, only issue that I ever shared my politics on, and it was because I, it was overheard and then immediately spread, so I went, okay, it's out, was on the issue mm -hmm. of whether or not marijuana should be legalized for recreational purposes, and I took the position mm -hmm. no, and I can give you the reasoning for it, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but but um, did, did you guys uh, uh, share your opinions on, on the impeachment trial, if, if I could put mm -hmm. you on the spot there? I, um, I mean, we watched it. I don't know if I would share my – I don't – 
I don't share my opinions. And maybe, I mean, to be fair, we all do in some context, right? Again, language sure. matters. Um, sure. It's the degree to which the students can pick up our language choice, and they're trained to do that. Um, but I really, really try to keep myself in check. So instead, whenever I'm dealing with an issue such as impeachment um, or any other type of perceived um, controversial issue, and I want to use the word perceived because I think that's important, um, I I want the kids to be the observers, right, without me being the filter. So mm-hmm. we're going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to ask them what their thoughts are. We're going to engage in civil discourse. We're going to use all the tools that we've been practicing along the way. So we watch the impeachment. I ask them, did, wait, how did, would you vote? Sherry, did they ask you? Did they ask you what your thoughts are? I always or tell them right off the bat, I'm not going to tell you what I think. No, they <laughs> okay. see me as the neutral party, and that's something I've been okay. able to uphold my 21 years in this district. I'm really proud of it. Um, and the students in the community seems to seem to echo and recognize that that's, that's a hard that's thing great. to do when you teach this course. It is. Um, it is. But I work really, really, really hard to do Very that difficult. for them because um, I need them to trust me in the classroom if I'm going to teach both these ways, things. If I'm going to talk about abortion and marijuana, they've got to trust me. So, so I don't play both sides, though. I play the I'm, I'm not your filter. You're going to figure this out. Um, so we watch the impeachment. And um, we looked at what the, you know, the issues were, and then I asked them, well, how would you vote? Why would you vote the way you did? I'm not going to tell them what my perspective is, per se. But I also think, and I'm, I don't want to derail because I want Richard to be able to answer the question, too. Um, it's also about knowing your kids and your community. Yeah. I think yeah. there's not a one-size-fits-all approach because of the natures of our communities. Um, my community is pretty rural, and we're pretty purple, even though Washington is a blue state. And I can't afford to marginalize or ostracize a kid who has a different perspective than I might That's hold right. or than somebody else in the room because if you can't trust me to teach, you know, topic A, you're not going to trust me to teach topic B, and then we're going to be dealing with school board, you know, fights in front of a school board. That doesn't benefit us at this point. Um, so I'd much rather teach them the skill of how to much. work with information they have. Yeah. So – that's my two Somebody? cents. Somebody? <laughs> that, that was that was those two cents are worth a nickel. Inflation. That's great. <laughs> do I get an okay. A plus or is there a curve here? <laughs> you do. You're getting there. You're getting there, but right. still be a, still could be a tie. I don't want poor Richard his almanac to uh, feel left yeah. out here. You know. Okay. Col- I'm curious about this, and Peter wanted me to ask this question, and I love this question. What about your colleagues? How are they teaching? Is, is, it, is it come up in the faculty room at all? Sherry, I'll let you go next. Oh, Uh, I can tell you that um, my colleagues are very nervous to talk about. Really? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Do you mean social studies uh, teachers or all teachers? Social studies or all teachers? Social studies teachers. Okay, social Mm -hmm. studies. So were they just avoided, do you think? Um, In all fairness, I'm not certain that it's being addressed at all and I don't I don't fault them for that per se um some of it has to do with number of years of teaching does that make sense I think our our newer to the profession teachers may be may fear the risk um I think there's some of that so um I'm mindful of that it's it's a little easier when you're a veteran um and you've built that reputation with your community exactly exactly Peter what's your thought on that how about the rest of the gang San Marino most teachers I know, and then I did ask my colleagues, and, and uh, I think the word that came through was, uh, I, I teach it incidentally. Um, okay. and, but, but, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> teach it incidentally. They actually yeah. didn't say that. They didn't say what, that. What's that? They, did they, they say did it like that? that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what is that? What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Well... Let's just say no, happy January sixth. We there was a thing at the White House. Now let's move on and talk about uh, World War One. What? Does that mean? Um, it, again, uh, I've talked to a lot of teachers now, and and whether it's the word incidentally or here, there, now, then, after the phrase was, if it comes up organically, I mean, but it, but but it's not a lesson plan. It's not, and 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 again, I think it's because of the, uh, you know, it's just they don't feel safe. Uh, back in 2016, there was a report that said somewhere around the, uh, in the realm of 40% of all teachers weren't going to teach the election that year because they didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. 
And I wish there would be more research and and, and uh, information coming out about that. Yeah, I wish so too. It's uh, scary, Richard. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, overseas, is this, is that same type of fear exist? I would imagine it does not. It does not. Uh, it's it's overcome by curiosity. Um, yeah. There, yeah. There's this kind of mix where some people it couldn't possibly actually be like that, right? And that's what they approach it as. And then there's other people who are like they they really want to ask and they're so curious but it's also like they never in their wildest dreams thought something like this would happen in america and they're just bursting to ask someone who knows something about it um and so yeah the, the reticence isn't there but there's also keep in mind a lot of the reason i think teachers in the u.s and i I don't like speaking for other people, but I think in this instance, uh, we've mentioned and touched on it already. There's legitimate fear, right? There, there's actual consequences sometimes. And the, the climate that teachers are in in the U.S. is different. I happen to think that part of the reason we're in that climate is the reticence to talk about these things. And I also very much think that yeah. unless you have the skill to be able to talk about them and help students talk about them without breaching trust or without losing trust, then you shouldn't. And that makes it harder to do. Um, so in this case, yeah, colleagues will come into the staff room and they uh, also have to remember that Trump's election happened at the same time or right after actually Brexit happened. And right, it was almost right. like the British teachers and American teachers were like, well, yeah, you see what happened today in my country. <laughs> <laughs> We're just one-upping each other with the stories. Win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, and yeah, you know I what you said a few the, minutes the, ago? When somebody said this a few minutes ago. I got to say this. Uh, quote, I didn't think that anything like this would ever happen in this country. Okay? Are, are, we, are we forgetting the Civil War? That happened. Right. That the whole country well, was I mean, foreign teachers the southern states, <laughs> The southern states fired on, on, a, on a federal fort, Fort Sumter. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we we've been through this kind of thing, and that's one of the ch- challenges of being in a democracy. Quite obviously, I mean, this kind of you know stuff happens, and actually turnover in governments happens all the time. All right, and in, in other countries, all right, and to not expect it here, and maybe that's the challenge. We haven't been teaching it right. That maybe we should be expecting this kind of thing. Maybe we should be, you should pardon me, don't you guys say it, I will say it, having Congress act like a bunch of dopes. It's been doing that for 150 years, 250 years. Okay? They're crazy. All right? Well, they all, the, the, whole, the whole job is to get reelected. That's what it's become. Okay? And I was talking to a, a, a group this, earlier this morning, and uh, they're continuing cutting all the Javits uh, funding, $16 million total for gifted education. Okay, and you're talking about a drop in the bucket of the federal budget. And I said, well, what do these guys know about gifted education? What the hell are they doing? Okay, and, you know, we have this is the way democracy works. It's not pretty. All right. And maybe we have to bring it up in front of them and say, yeah, this this kind of thing does happen on occasion. And how are we going to handle it from that point forward? And the way we approach it, I'd, I'd love what Peter said at the beginning. Peter may be going for an A plus. I don't know. Okay, Uh-oh. when he said no, it's trouble. Okay, when, watch it, watch it, Jerry. Okay, when he said, you know, that we got to look. Is it an insurrection? I love that question. Is it an insurrection? Is it a rebellion? Is it a party? What the hell's going on here? You know, it's it's great stuff. All right, I wish you all did get it and get it right. This was a wonderful discussion. Can we do it again sometime in 2024? Love it. Sure. I'd be happy to. Yeah. I like I'm this gonna ask. I like this. It's fun. Okay. So, I, Peter, you, I don't have their email, so you're going to send that to me if you don't mind. Okay. We'll and do. I will get in touch with you. We're going to set up to do it again. We'll do, we'll do it again on January 7th and see what happens. No, we'll do it afterwards. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see what happens. But you're right. We can hey, talk about Larry, these I have, things. Yes. I have a closeout for you. Be so, my guest. You know how I said. You know how I say that I don't share my politics? So so, yes. so two years ago, I had a kid, or just before COVID, I had one of my students stand up and 
And so they all know this phrase, I don't share my politics. It comes from this superintendent mentor of mine. He did the same thing, and that's where I learned it. That's, what I've, 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 that's why I followed it. And he stands up in my class, and he says, oh, this is silly. You know, we know what you are. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, it, it, it's obvious. You went to Berkeley. You live on the west side of Los Angeles. You drive a Prius, and you're a there California you social studies teacher. We yeah. know what you are. Yeah. Solid Republican yeah. virtues so far. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So there you go. Right. There you go. You must have. You were there on January sixth. I can tell because it's exactly yeah, it the profile of what they need on there. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. So. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a crazy world we live in, and you guys have to teach about it. Okay. So I love you for doing that. That's for sure. Okay. It's, it's love being on the right. show. Well, we love having you here. Thank you, Larry. We're going to get this group together again. I'm serious about that. We're going to do more in 2024. Is that okay? I love it. It's the dream team. Great. It it is the dream team. It is the dream team. Okay. And good. The Seahawks Seahawks play the Eagles this week. Are you a Seahawks fan, Sherry? I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, my children's middle middle names are after the Seahawks. Um, Ah. (laughs) I moved here to be closer to the Seahawks. So, yeah, we got flexed to a Monday night game. I have to take a half-day personal day. I'm from school on Monday. Are you going to the game? Are you going to the game? Of course, of course. I'm, I've been a season ticket holder since 2005. Oh, so, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. I'm serious. Do you think they'll win? I'm, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia. No, I don't no. Live there anymore. <laughs> they will not win. I wish they win. would win. Right. No, I wish they, they would win. win. It's been a rough few weeks, Larry. <laughs> the problem is. The problem is, Sherry, they always yell about the 12th man, but they need to yell about the 12th woman, and that's you. Yeah, that's me. I should be raising the flag on Monday night. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, tell Pete Carroll I do. said that. We need the 12th I will, woman. I will. This is why they're having a crappy year. Okay. That's right. That's and right. Uh, enjoy that single Singapore sling, Richard, please. Ooh. Enjoy it for me. <laughs> Okay, this I appreciate that. I'll, I'll let yeah, I'll make sure that they make one in your honor. Thank you very much. I will appreciate that. And Peter, as always, thanks a million. Uh, just so you know, Santa Claus does come to warm weather places without snow. So look for him on Christmas Eve. Well, okay? we'll do. We'll do. Thank we'll you, bud. Thank you, you again. Thank you for putting this together. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you all, guys. Have a great holiday. Thank you. Thank you, and to thank you, you too. You. Thank you. Happy holidays, all. Take care. You got Bye-bye. it. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. What a great group. That was more fun than anything. Okay. That was Sherry Condit. Okay. From Woodland School. I think it's Woodland School. I have to write it down when she said it. Okay. An award-winning civics and history teacher, Southwest Washington State. Okay. Peter over at San Marino High School. And from the International School in Singapore, Richard Whitbrock. That was great. Okay. But share this. This is fun. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening. 